We're back. How's it going, Anna? It's the same. <laughs> Your uh, roommate Leia has her, her bong out, and it's really tempting. To <laughs> really? I mean, you can hit it. I was going to say it looks very um, dirty. cloudy and dirty. <laughs> well, yeah. But it is a bong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice one. Yeah, it's not as cute as the other one that she had that literally looked like her because it was like pink, pink. and then the cat smashed it in a fit yeah. of rage. So it's cool to have a bong as a in your in your late twenties. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a shows a I mean, commitment to a bit that I appreciate. How long can you have a bong for? What's the accept? What's the cutoff age? Like, are you a loser if you're forty five and have a bong? Yeah. Okay, but plenty of like parents i know smoke weed like people in their 60s but yeah they just, but a like, bong is kind of a i feel like past a certain age you have to you have to kind of like smoke like joints or yeah have okay. some kind of elegant piece or something but yeah being a senior citizen with a bong is you can't be you undignified. can't smoke blunts or do bong rips if you're like <laughs> 35 plus basically it's <laughs> good to know no, we're getting blunted to the dome <laughs> um, what's uh what's on the docket today i don't know i it was like in one hole out the other i already forgot we had um, too much fun at our photo shoot <laughs> <laughs> that's what's new with us yeah I, we did a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um we never do photo shoots no we I don't realize we nobody asks taken, us that's weird i know <laughs> um but we haven't like taken photos for the pod in two years two years yeah which is like Since basically as long as we've been doing it first incorporated that's yeah true. actually it was way before we, we've only we now incorporated. incorporated we're real losers we got our business debit cards in the mail yeah i'm gonna like go to bloomingdale's and buy like a bunch of <laughs> chanel makeup <laughs> like charge it to the card um congrats to us yeah that was fun um we we were shot by my personal favorite photographer Heiji Shin, who has a a cool new profile out in T Magazine. I haven't read it yet, oh, but I'm gonna boost it. Cool. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, I haven't. I got. I was gonna read it on my phone, but I got like paywall cock blocked out of it. So oh. I'm gonna remember to do that today. T Mag's the Times. Yeah, we can use Maddie's Times login. Yeah, yeah. The failing New York Times. <laughs> Mm. I already forgot what we're talking about. I think we should just call the whole thing off. <laughs> um, it's funny to read these kind of profiles. I sort of skimmed it on through like various screen caps and mm. it's like the parts about her work are really good and competent, but then they had to insert all this kind of like contemporary political discourse, oh. like with the BLM riots sweeping across America of course. As a proud Asian American, oops, I mean Asian German. <laughs> it's like always this kind of like topical. Is she from Berlin? Uh, Frankfurt, I think. Oh, Please cool. don't kill me. I, I may be wrong. <laughs> I'm doing it. You're doing it. You're hitting the bomb. I'm gonna okay. hit the bomb. Okay. For the, Why some not? ASMR. For <laughs> maybe um, I'll, I'll have like a quarter of an edible because i, I don't want to smoke oh. on on air because i'm just gonna end up coughing, coughing yeah. yeah i could shotgun it into your mouth huh i could shotgun it into your mouth. <laughs> um 
you didn't watch the VMAs last night, did you? No, unfortunately not. I, I saw some like highlights on Twitter, like how uh, Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga performed in masks or whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of, I don't like the mask dancer. Like, it feels so symbolic and not, you know, you know they're not wearing masks like rehearsals and shit. No, yeah. Most people are like not donning masks. Um, yeah, just so more, more ma- liberal spin. Exactly. So having masked dancers just feels like... I don't know. Yeah. Like more like a, a symbolic gesture than anything else, than any safety precautions. But yeah, they basically was like sponsored by Honda or something. And they had um, like a big parking lot full of with like socially distanced Honda Hilo, like parked or Toyota, maybe. I, I don't even remember. I, <laughs> I think it was Toyota. Cause there was, was it a, like a drive-in type thing? Kind of, it looked kind of driving yeah. and there was like people sitting on their cars and then various people like pretending to perform mm-hmm. maluma mm-hmm. um who won best latin as he does did a number every, that where he wasn't yeah. even really where he was very clearly lip-syncing yeah bts always always good to see those those boys yeah those cia agents <laughs> doing their synchronized dancing um my boyfriend was wondering if they were gay I said, no, they're just Korean. <laughs> yeah, it's different in Asian countries. <laughs> you don't countries. know what... I mean, they don't have... They probably don't have personal lives because their whole lives are like wrapped up in idol training and perfecting yeah. their plastic surgeries and stuff. Yeah. I imagine they're probably putting in like 80 hours a week on like choreo and like... You Skin know, lightning. Mm-hmm. Just being perfect idols. Yeah. In North Korea, they have labor camps. In South Korea, they have idol camps. Exactly. I'm I'm sad I'm too old to To be a to turn around and become (laughs) a South Korean starlet. There's a Russian K pop Mm -hmm. idol. Yeah, yeah, I remember we talked about this like way back when. because I people were taking umbrage with there being a a Russian korean pop star but Mm -hmm. she's asiatic yeah (laughs) asian enough for me asian enough for me uh yeah lady gaga looked like a fucking freak ariana Ariana grande (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty all in all pretty gay to be honest yeah, I kind of think we're too old for the VMAs. Also, there's no counterculture left. It's all like there's no subculture. Everything is like just mainstream pop culture. So it's all like the same. There was a new category, best video from home, like best <sighs> kind of COVID video, which was gross. Yeah. I don't want to see the inside of a celeb's home i know they're all the same they look like airbnbs and there's like one of those giant really expensive fridges that's just like packed with v8 juice (laughs) vitamin water yeah and they're like bad weird art that's randomly displayed who won who won best uh are justin bieber oh okay and ariana grande yeah were there any albanian pop starlets in the house um what was that article that was making the rounds about there was a a twitter thread yeah that the the reason that there's been such a kind of (laughs) high concentration of albanian girls in pop is because the albanian mob is laundering money 
and there was this woman who was like some sort of like janky reporter was talking about how Rita Ora performed a concert in some like bumfuck Central European town where the auditorium only held 4,000 seats, but they, her press team claimed that they sold 60,000 seats and that was a money laundering operation. I mean, honestly, it sounded kind of like... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <coughs> what about Rita Ora? I don't know. It's the, This woman was spinning her wheels about how they're just like drug laundering. I believe it. I mean... It explains, I don't know whether or not that story is true, but it explains why all pop music suddenly sounds like it's from the Balkans. Like, is that like a reedy Ottoman sound? That's it's like it. some reggaeton artist, but it yeah. sounds Turkish. I know what you mean. It's This is a new thing. <laughs> I just attributed it to the like, the larger Slavic influence on the culture. Yeah, like trash Slav. Like exactly. Guap yeah. Culture. <laughs> and then you know like remember when Dua Lipa tweeted that weird acothinous zone flag that was talking about how Kosovo should be incorporated <laughs> in Albania which is like a weird like no. she was like doing geopolitics on the TL is Charlie XCX Albanian? No she's <laughs> she looks Albanian but she's um <laughs> half Indian and half white but she's like British cool. Yeah, I enjoy her yeah I like her music I liked her core record and I liked how carefree she seems on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of has like that weed slut vibe. Yeah. Like curvaceous brunette. Um, I don't know. I like all this music. I don't like any sort of avant-garde or uh, elevated music, much to the chagrin of Eli. I like <laughs> top 40 Balkan trash pop. Do you like BTS? I don't know what a single BTS song even sounds like. I, I couldn't like begin to identify. I don't know what the Ariana Grande Lady Gaga song sounds like. Yeah. I don't remember what wet-ass pussy highly, sounds like. Highly forgettable. Yeah. Um. Taylor Swift wasn't there. I think she won a best pop or something. I mm -hmm. was I wasn't best cottage core. God. <laughs> um but yeah, I think we're probably too old for the VMAs. I used to and it's just the COVID programming. I'm glad that every ad isn't like about these uncertain times anymore. It seems yeah. like we're shifting more into like at least maybe delusionally of a kind of pre COVID state. Yeah, I saw a weird back to school Navy ad where they were like, jeans for back to school, whatever that looks like. And I was like, oh, that's so bleak. <laughs> yeah. That's so dark. Because they were still trying to do this back to school thing, even though we know that there's no schools anymore. Well, some school in Florida, they opened schools and then all these kids got COVID and they had to close them. Again. I see. The covid threat is real i guess yeah and it, it's all also fake because there's like no infection rates in new york you think for months now well that's because we reached herd immunity it, yeah isn't it? i think that's what it is but i think if they started letting people indoors it would I don't spike even, up again i don't know <clears throat> i think it, yeah the i from what i understand the major mode of transition or transmission is when you hand like when people hand over credit cards to servers and they get like what yeah, because people are like touching. Oh. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor or <laughs> scientist. I'm just a dumb whore. But then it's not. But New York's okay. Because everyone had it already. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's been fake the whole time. They're going to watch. Yeah. Gonna reveal. 
yeah it was created in a lab and then there is the pro uh, the uh subject of a weird fake psyop campaign fuck what a wash this year has been i know i know it really sucks and then we, we're going into like a new another year of this more covid yeah more covid blowing around <laughs> covid <laughs> covid's cupids well i see like there's still people doing kind of mask policing really online i see but there seems to be just a fundamental kind of misunderstanding of what the mask does mm -hmm. like there's people being like i just biked for 30 miles wearing a mask if i can do it so can you and it's like that doesn't seem that necessary like a, yeah a time where you wouldn't have to wear a mask or like at the right, beach or something right. yeah and then so you see all these people like wearing masks at the beach and then like not wearing them at house parties and stuff yeah. and i think that's because when covid first happened all of the like stay at home messaging you know do you remember like hashtag stay home flatten the curve yeah. flatten the curve yeah. stay home like kind of created this dissonance for people where they think like you won't get covid in your house yeah maybe which is why like we, now that we see people like having their like um like house parties and like interior social gatherings people are like taking the masks off mm-hmm because they feel like an illusory sense of safety indoors. Yeah, and also like, who wants to wear a mask with your friends in like, an I intimate mean, setting? I'm, it's like retarded. Is, uh, is fake. Yeah, <laughs> you poke you holes in it like a condom. <laughs> it's just like it's too loose, and it just yeah. it's like a loose kind of veil that I'm wearing. Yeah, now, I have one of those heavy duty masks with Velcro, but it lost one of those the plastic. <laughs> air vents so it's also fake because there's a massive hole in it that like leads directly to my like did you see Ferris's tweet that was like I'm gonna start carrying around a fake sandwich so that I don't have to wear my mask <laughs> that's really funny that's kind of why I jewel oh yeah if I walk around you just have to cut a hole in your mask for the jewel I mean or I like just wear I just wear it down like around my chin like everyone else does yeah, me too. I mean, I straight up to be rode like, the if train. If COVID pops off, I'll slip it over my mouth and nose. But yeah, if somebody like yells at you, no, I rode the train just like I was like in kind of like a weird brain fog fugue. And I rode this train from like, I think from here in Chinatown to like 59th Street without mm. a mask. And like nobody noticed or said anything. And I didn't even notice. Where that's where other people on the train maskless no they were masking but nobody like looked at me or said anything yeah like nobody cared <laughs> yeah but this is how i got away with shoplifting all those years because i'm like so small and white that nobody you know notices they don't think of you as a super as the super spreader that yeah, you are. yeah. Um, i don't know do you think it'll spike again i mean margin i mean it has do to marginally but i think like it, the every kind of subsequent iteration will be much more mild and i really think we can at this point go back to life as usual and business as usual but nobody wants that liability so this is going to go on indefinitely which sucks right because it's made um, us all like dumber and fatter and weaker for sure not me not not you and yeah i've, I've been i've gotten you've thinner, gotten thinner. weaker a little yeah but mentally much stronger you think i'm yeah. like <laughs> I'm just mentally more like senile and demented. You feel dumber. Yeah. I don't feel like emotionally stronger. I feel like just as capable of handling adversity or whatever mm -hmm. because of my Russian blood. Right. But 
but I feel like cloudy. Yeah, I'm a little and exhausted. Fuzzy. But maybe that's from like not eating for two days before this photo shoot. Yeah, I also <laughs> remember, and I was being babe. Huge, you have to eat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a huge bitch. Um, really does take a toll on on your mood. What not eating? Not yeah, eating. it makes you a, a horrible, miserable cunt. <laughs> Seriously, See, we're not pro Anna. I'm not pro Anna. I can't go more than like Anna. four hours without eating. I have to snack. I'm like one of those annoying people that always like. munches on nuts or something i can go a long time without eating but it does take a toll yeah inevitably also like the thing is like i don't want to be anna i want to be like normal skinny hot yeah (laughs) i'm setting the records straight yeah okay i don't i'm not pro anorexic i make light of my disordered eating which is more connected to other emotional problems and not like body dysmorphia i'm not anorexic it's just like i forgot to eat (laughs) well my therapist thinks yeah your enneagram therapist (laughs) (laughs) no well through maybe this is why i feel um why i say i feel emotionally stronger is because i've been um really doing therapy Mm mm-hmm but it has to do with my parents um, leaving me alone at a young age to like yeah. go to work, you know? I so was you just al- sat in an apartment so I alone just for hours on end. Yeah. And played like The Sims. Yeah. And never like, you know, I would forget to eat all the time in kind of like a formative phase of my childhood. Yeah. Um, so it's like really connected to kind of feelings of like neglect and abandonment. Mm hmm. Like if I had, as a child, like prepared a meal for myself and eaten it, it would have just kind of like affirmed for me that I was doing it because my parents weren't there, which was like a reality that maybe I couldn't grapple with as a kid, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why I have disordered eating. I mean, Um, I'm going to be a little bit uh, uh, more kind of cynical and mundane about it i think you just like never developed the the habits of preparing a normal meal for yourself because your parents never put those in place i mean me too my mom never cooked it we never sat around the table as a family like maybe check your privilege next time yeah (laughs) someone comes at me russian parenting is really like a combination of like abuse and neglect like they leave you alone for long swaths of time to fend for yourself or they um accuse you of being mentally ill when you like wash a plate wrong or something (laughs) when you're like four years old before any mental illness begins to manifest itself i remember my mom left us alone you know she'd leave us alone in a in a locked car in like 90 degree weather to go grocery shopping she left us alone once and my sister like left the apartment and crossed a highway behind (laughs) her house because we knew this lady named Luda. who made pillsbury rolls out of the the can and my sister remembered that had like a proustian memory and walked across the highway to like procure these rolls from this woman and like somehow didn't get hit by like cars and trucks the cops came i think my dad was like asleep in the other room and he was like what (laughs) (laughs) because they found her like wandering a highway yeah word we grew up like fucking like black kids in the projects or like white trailer trash that was like our upbringing as russians because parents are like russian parents are so like hands off 
I don't know. It depends on well, the... Well, I think it's because, well, Soviet parents are kind of, were reared and were accustomed to more communal style parenting due to the shortage of housing yeah. and stuff. Like there wasn't, I think, you know, in the Soviet Union, kids weren't left alone as much as Russian Americans because there was like family around. Yeah, so, there was but like then very the immigrant like exactly yeah, doesn't whatever. like transfer that well. Yeah. To, like the suburbs. When they came to the States were atomized and alienated. <laughs> <laughs> like dad was at work and mom was doing God knows. They just had to what. go to work. I don't fault them for it. They had to Yeah. You know. I don't know. My mom did not work. I don't know what the fuck she did. But <laughs> Yeah, anyway. love Macy's. <laughs> she had to go make some returns. <laughs> what do you do all day, Anna? <laughs> jack shit. I don't even leave the house anymore. It's really bad. I stopped even going to Sephora or Bloomingdale's. It no. sucks. Maybe make. Maybe we should do a day trip to Brandy. We should go to Bloomingdale's. We should do a pod from Bloomingdale's. Yeah. Okay. Do you think we need fun. like a permit or something? No, we did it at the zoo. Yeah, but we paid. Bloomies. We paid a ticket thing. Uh, well, we'll buy. I know, we'll, we'll see. Make some purchases. Yeah, we'll make Listen some purchases. Make some purchases if on we our get apprehended, cards. <laughs> I want to feel like Linda Manson out of the blue, where some like really brawny security guards throw us you out, kicking and screaming. Around. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, have you ever been apprehended like that, Anna? You had an incident with a bouncer. Yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah. Everything pre-COVID feels like a couple months ago. I guess now it was like a year ago. It was like six or seven months ago, yeah. I'm just like, I think about the time from Feb onward as like not having happened. Yeah. I don't know when the shift happened, but. Yeah, I don't remember. I guess February, March. I've been apprehended by bouncers several times. Not even because I'm drunk or anything like that or belligerent, but because like. You're too cute. Yeah, the bivouac spravdu. I start like fighting for the truth. I'm like, this is injustice. (laughs) Grievance. So you're drunk. Yeah. And they're like, okay, OC, go. (laughs) Go wait outside in the line like everybody else. This is injustice. (laughs) Our communities have been living under oppression for too long. And they're like, ma'am, this is a bar. <laughs> you call this a vodka crayon? <laughs> I'm going to Cape Cod. Oh, right. Week. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm really excited. I've never been Have to a clam chowder for cod me. Before. <laughs> you can get some actual um, original mm. Brandy Melville merch. Because all the Brandy Melville merch is like Cape Cod. Yeah, I, I can get you can get the real deal. My Nantucket teacher for reals. Yeah. You can get like those kind of like shorts such as the ones you're wearing that have like the white trim <laughs> but say like Cape Cod. Yeah. On the ass. Perfect. Make yeah, your I'll boyfriend a, buy you some seafood and some merch. Like a keychain. Swag. Some seashells. Maybe I'll go to a lighthouse. All this New England stuff is very um novel for me because i'm from the west coast yeah like you know been to like a seaside town (laughs) off the atlantic or yeah really been to massachusetts that much yeah it's like being a social worker larping as a civil rights activist you know it's the same (laughs) feeling (laughs) um should we get to the docket i guess yeah (laughs) uh we bella thorne apologized did you see 
Yeah. Um, no, I kind of did, but I didn't read her apology. What did she say? I don't know. She's yeah, sorry. Pull up my she stole sex worker Valor. So for those who aren't informed, Bella Thorne um, got into some heat after she made an only. This has all been like happening over the course of like a week and a half. She <laughs> made an OnlyFans account. Um, all these OnlyFans girls got upset. She made like two million dollars in like a span of forty-eight hours or something. Damn. People really want to see her tits. Um, and they said that because she's a celeb, she's too rich and powerful. <laughs> To be on OnlyFans, even though prior they really wanted to normalize sex work. Um, but because then they said she was gentrifying it. <laughs> um, She's and then a sexual gentrifier and an emotional it turns terrorist. Out that she did scam her fans because apparently there was a PM that she was advertising, like a 200, if they paid $200, they'd have access to her full nudes. There's a lot of levels and layers to yeah, this. Yeah, which sounds like a flaw kind of in the OnlyFans platform and not necessarily like Bella Thorne's fault. Yeah. I also don't think Bella Thorne is that rich. I mean, now she is. That's what I'm saying. I was like, she should take that two million if she's really sorry and redistribute it to those poor sex workers. And then I was like, no, she needs the money. She needs, she needs the, the money. money. What? Like, she oh, this she is a got- research project for my new documentary coming out on HBO. It's like, bullshit, you need the money. She's been molested yeah very clearly she's been like um she's a victim of like hollywood yeah i'm sure she didn't get a lot of fair contracts i'm sure she's not that great at advocating for herself especially as a child actor yeah so maybe leave her the fuck alone this is like file this under hose mad (laughs) yet again (laughs) yet again hose seems to be so she pulled in a historic one million in in 24 hours and now she's earned over two million i subscribed yeah tell us about what you saw (laughs) major letdown Mm -hmm. really just kind of pretty banal bikini pics and then photos of her doing photo shoots in bikini in a bikini. Uh-huh. I sent you. I made a video. I, um, yeah, yeah. I tweeted a, a Paul of her Kubo. being like, "I need a fucking drink right now." Of her. This is my impression of it. Ready? She goes, "Happy Friday, motherfuckers. <laughs> Who's having a drink tonight? I know I am." <laughs> I, her acting is so and that's bad. The whole video. Yeah. I paid sixteen dollars. I think it's worth it. Stand around in a bra and a kimono and go. I know I am, which (laughs) is worth it. Honestly, (laughs) I'm glad I paid. I paid top dollar for that type of shit. And she has like um, Euphoria style eye makeup on with like rinds. She looks like a showgirl. Yeah, it's an interesting performance art piece for sure. She looks like she was molested. She's like the molestation to BPD pipeline in one person. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm being. I'm not being facetious. Like yeah people who were molested as children have that vibe they always have that hair color Mm. they always are chaotic and have like weird energy need a lot of attention yeah really unstable it's really horrible (laughs) yeah it's a terrible thing that that happens yeah so she was charging twenty dollars 
per month for a general subscription and then but what really got her in hot water was that she was charging an additional 200 for I these ppvs or whatever i didn't oh ppvs yeah and they yeah. promised nudity but didn't deliver though by by all accounts because there was like a screenshot circulating on twitter she was technically nude in the pic but all the kind of censorable parts were covered up okay sounds it's like kind of like when you post an instagram story convict her like, yeah i mean she's technically nude Okay, it's so technically, technically nude. So, sounds like that holds up in a court of, of the OnlyFans. There was law. no nipple or pussy or butthole or anything that people would want to see on OnlyFans. <laughs> um, but the, this kind of stunt prompted all these users to ask for their money back, and then that Which, in like, turn prompted OnlyFans, OnlyFans to they um, change their payout structure to once a month. Um, their max upcharge to $50 a post and they cap their tips at $100. Bear with me. I don't really know the yeah. kind of like OnlyFans, whatever, inside structure. But um, Well, I would also like to know kind of the distribution of, um, of income on OnlyFans. Like I do think there probably is kind of an elite user yeah. group who this would affect more than like the what's the majority. average amount of money a girl is making on OnlyFans? like three hundred dollars you know yeah that this is my thing it's like i i can't imagine that this affected the vast majority of girls on OnlyFans who probably already make fifty dollars or under on tips per yeah. post anyway i doubt they're getting 200 or more you know what i mean like i think it's it probably is like the elite it's like a bell curve, right? There's like yeah. the vast majority. Are There's like a middle, middle class of yeah. OnlyFans that like this isn't. Like, well, that's who was complaining that OnlyFans was like taking money away from them as if simps are like a finite resource. Which I don't even think they are. They're not. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's if there's all this cognitive dissonance with like sex worker discourse because they... They're usually libertarians. Yeah. They and want liars. to like operate in a free market. Yeah. Um, but then they like take on these kind of like aesthetic lefty pretensions and then they start talking about like sex work as labor. And yeah. then all of this then like and then only then we get ourselves <laughs> into a situation where only fans girls are just being called sex workers when that's completely yeah. debatable i had this whole fucking thing built up but then like paul cupo really he really yeah he really broke it down yeah um, um he made a great point that sex work is illegal only yeah. fans is literally a, so you're a, larping a platform yeah that um pushes like non criminal nudes <laughs> yeah that you could also by the way post on twitter or instagram within reason but mm. this is a specific it's not really a sex work platform it's a tech company platform where people interact with other people that they are maybe horny for or excited about but it's not explicitly like i think most people use it for this kind of sexual angle but that's not the sole purpose well, of its like existence patreon yeah is it and it became it's, it yeah. like, it's like it's like that yeah and it's like here's my thing like again how many people were making anywhere close to bella thorne money before she hopped on the platform well, no, she or got involved yeah and then how so therefore how many of them are actually affected or would suffer the only thing 
I can imagine that would cause people to kind of suffer seriously is the change to the payout structure. Like if it was like weekly before and now it's monthly and people like rely on it to help with bills and expenses. But that's hardly Bella Thorne's fault. Yeah. She seems like a very convenient but like also the other thing is like people classic bpd scapegoat situation Yeah, she's the fucking bernie madoff of sex work (laughs) of sex work (laughs) yeah um instead of blaming her people should really be blaming the uh, only fans like don't don't blame the hooker blame the pimp as paul said of course i don't think he said hooker but um yeah like was she kind of an asshole for opportunistically exploiting this platform yeah maybe but whatever it's like what do you think it's tech right platforms grift as much as anyone else is i don't think yeah but like these platforms incentivize precisely this sort of behavior of course they're like and wouldn't normalizing sex work as they like purport to want to do include like becoming normalized by celebrities like Bella Thorne. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like all these people talk a big game about how OnlyFans normalizes sex work. What do these people think normalizing sex work means? It means more normies get in on the action. Remember when she went to Cannes with Scott Disick? No. (laughs) It was like three or four years ago. They both have great nose jobs. She dated Scott Disick and they went to Cannes together and then she left and tweeted, yo, this can fancy life isn't for me. <laughs> um, and then posted on Snapchat, um, by can, you were boring. <laughs> I mean, I believe that. I believe she didn't have fun at can. Um, but yeah, this is like basic economics. The supply goes up, wages goes d- go down. Like, Also, normalizing sex work implies that conventionally attractive people and or people with built-in followings yes. will do better on the platform. Of course. Like this is what I think when when people when sex workers are like only I think Bella Thorne is insanely hot. Yeah, she is. I think she's a little. She's definitely has BPD vibe, um, and a very off-putting energy. But but she's really hot. Physically, I agree. She's, like, she's beautiful. A dime. I love to look at her. Perfect ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fantastic upper body. <laughs> <laughs> Does she she has a nose job, right? But are her tits fake? No, mm, I don't know. I can't maybe. tell. I mean, I think they were probably nice before and maybe she's had some augmentation, but she's still pretty. I mean, she's natu- really cute. Pretty naturally hot. And yeah, she does have a little nose. nose she work. she looks a little bit like Ashley Simpson in Facetune or something. Yeah. Um, but like also, yeah, it's of course like people who are already celebs or people who are already conventionally hot do better on these platforms with the important caveat that there's always like fetishists on sex and porn sites mm. who like whatever is the most grotesque and like untouchable and disgusting. That's the thing available. It's the most yeah. grotesque and the most yeah. conventionally hot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, but there's more novelty in watching like a formerly wholesome Disney starlet debase herself than an already debased random stranger debase herself. Of course. I mean, I mean Bella Thorne's been debased for a long time. And like I said, she had like a fappening situation where we've already right. seen her like puffy nipples and stuff. Okay, so there are new... She should have just released that again. That would have been the real troll. I know. But again, I want to know the breakdown of how many men versus how many women subscribe to her... Um, page or whatever Mm. and also i think a lot of men who are horny for bella thorne don't really know her backstory and don't know that she's like 
I think a lot of, yeah, that's interesting. A lot of people don't know who Bella Thorne is. Yeah. Or they know that she's a Disney celebrity, but they don't know that she's like a crazy BPD fappening, like chaotic hoa. Right. Hoa. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They haven't seen the pictures of her in her raver boots. Yeah. But it's like, you know, OnlyFans is like literally like the Uber of sex work. That's the model. And this was, anyone could have foreseen this happening with platform capitalism. It was like a natural kind of progression, right? You rent out your car to make it a taxi and you rent out your house to make it like a bed and breakfast. You rent out your pussy. Just kidding. They're not even renting out their pussy. I mean, seeking arrangements is kind of. Yeah, but nobody talks about seeking arrangements. Um, Well, yeah, because seeking arrangements is like more gray area criminal yeah they're not so trying can't. to like blow up their spot with yeah celebs would it make sense to have celebs on actual sex sex work type of platforms like i think that's inevitable and in the cards i think there's going to come a point when a fallen celeb like on the bellathorn level really seriously does porn or engages in actual sex work and that'll really like bottom out the industry and will be a really dark moment for wow. pop culture in general. I think that's like, you know. Well, Farrah Abraham. Yeah. Of Teen Mom fame. <laughs> um, another kind of big BPD energy star. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she made a sex, ta- a sex tape with porn star James Dean. She made like a pornographic film and then pushed oh, it as right. like a leaked sex tape when it was clearly yeah. like a produced sex video <laughs> have you seen what she looks like now i sh- i just saw her like instagram account and i yeah. was like jesus well we were listening to um her hit single blowing um at the photo shoot oh you right. may have heard yeah um the song she wrote about blowing all the bullies away <laughs> <laughs> so weird yeah i don't know talking about fair abram <laughs> she's nuts i've actually yeah never listened to her album through and through but like yeah i mean okay like OnlyFans, uber yelp what else is there caviar all of these fucking little neolib app businesses Mm -hmm. they just they their whole model is like skimming profits off of people who they have no legal obligation to yeah it's like really the most disgusting and nefarious sort of industry and i was thinking about like the other thing i was thinking about like anybody who would come up with this sort of business model not only as a profound contempt for women but for people in general Mm -hmm. the guy who started this company is a real piece of shit for sure like they actively recruit like girls about to turn 18 yeah that's (laughs) only fans yeah it's uh i feel bad that i subscribed to i thought it crossed my mind for a second i was like i shouldn't be supporting this business and i was like but I'd like I to see really want to if see Bella her. Thorne's gonna show her <laughs> Um Of course, she doesn't. Of course, there's no. Yeah, she'll never show whole. No, I mean she and might good for if her. she falls if she goes low enough. She's not gonna show whole. She Farrah. Do you think Abraham people would be less mad if she showed whole? Farrah Abraham showed full whole. And what's the other one? Amanda Bynes. They have that same Ooh, kind of BPD. Amanda Bynes deeper like schizophrenic in the whole. Break, yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe she's more cluster A. Farrah and, and uh, Bella are cluster things? B. No, but that's like also like 
dead giveaway of childhood sexual trauma any sort of facial piercings yeah totally or i mean nickelodeon yeah Ooh. i bet their board of directors was staffed with pedophiles of course (laughs) so dark yeah it's really fully insane yeah um i heard she spray i read in us i remember when the amanda Bynes stuff was transpiring i was like waiting for like in touch mag to come out because i wanted to read the story and um obviously most of that stuff is like hearsay but i in the entire article they said that she spray painted her apartment windows black oh, and would geez. just do bong rips all day <laughs> <laughs> oh and there was also but i think she's that? went to fit or something after and she's kind of doing better now no. i think she got her she's on lithium or something there's okay there's also this guy who tweeted about he's like some associate of bella thorne who's a mm. filmmaker who was involved in like the the florida project and this sort of Sean thing baker yeah and he i'm gonna look him up because he has the most nauseating tweet where he was like distancing him, himself from yeah it's sean baker from right. her allegedly he was they were producing a documentary that she said she was doing yeah research for that part is clearly fake um I would like to make it clear that the news of me making a film, documentary, or fiction narrative about OnlyFans and using Bella Thorne as research is false. Not attached to this project. I'm actually in development on two features that I've put years of research and love into, and neither of those films have anything to do with Mrs. Thorne or OnlyFans. Earlier this month, I had a conversation with Miss Thorne and discussed a possible collaboration in the far future that would focus on her life and the circumstances to her leading to her joining OnlyFans. Sounds like you're contracting a project mm-hmm. me informally. Mm-hmm. On that call, I advised her team to consult with sex workers and address the way she went about Ugh. this as to not hurt the sex work industry. Yeah, this has right. been the extent of my involvement. Fuck you. I'm an ally and have literally devoted my career to tell stories that remove stigma and normalize lifestyles that are un- under attack. I would never do anything that could possibly hurt the community. So please know that this news is not correct. Thank you. I'm an ally. I'm a sex I'm worker. A sex work ally. <laughs> I've been doing sex work. <laughs> um, when I first moved to LA, when I was like 23, I was yeah. really broke. I joined this website called whatsyourprice.com. Oh, God. Where people paid you money. But it was like so random. But the model was like people, guys could pay you money for like a unspecified kind of your price referred to sort of any like you basically were talking about having sex for money or I imagine some girls were mm-hmm. but it's sort of it was so like murky that you could kind of exploit it I went on like two dates for like a hundred dollars a piece or a piece or split no each guy <laughs> paid me it was like I met this autistic like florist who drove out from like Vallejo um <laughs> they're like Dasha like, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you wrap your naked body in an SS flag <laughs> Um, so, and I like went to Starbucks with him uh-huh. and then he gave me an envelope with a hundred dollars and then I like laughed. And that's so thing. bleak. <laughs> so that's, that's more of, that feels like more sex work than OnlyFans, honestly. Well, yeah, it's on the precipice of sex work. You know? Yeah. I remember like when I, was, <laughs> when I first moved to the city, I used to hang out with this crazy bisexual Indian girl who like had it was like an escort or something i remember going to a restaurant with her 
and this guy pulled out an envelope like a wad of cash mm-hmm. and gave it to her and he's like do you want four or five hundred dollars and i was like no i even then i, I was mean, like this is like too much some guys me. will give you money for a for long nothing. time yeah. before expecting anything anything yeah i mean roommate leia has a story like this and that's actually quite touching and tragic and would actually be Hmm. the product of or or the sub make a good subject for like an indie film (laughs) like a kind of a pink-haired manic pixie dream girl and like you know a 70 year old man he was he was old Um, wow that's very that sounds very touching yeah 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 i i imagine the guy kind of looking like richard Gere, but now right his asshole ravaged by gerbils <laughs> and various other rodents it's crazy that that was a rumor going around about richard Gere. yeah the gerbil thing. yeah no it's crazy i yeah um anyway, but i'm not interested in stealing sex worker valor i'm just saying there's a lot of things that i wouldn't consider to be sex work but that are more sex work than only fans <laughs> yeah but like everything in our culture now you have this kind of class of elite middle class people who are stealing valor and are larping as mm-hmm. something that they're not and they want to co-brand themselves again with the grit and glamour and edginess of real sex work mm-hmm. or which, looting for example yeah or looting or in yeah. defense of looting yeah but they have no skin in the game it's easy for them to be like i'm a sex worker (laughs) and like this guy who's an ally and this is like also like classic liberal myth making like if we can just remove the stigma from being a sex worker or being trans or being fat or being gay Mm -hmm. life will be great and easy for everyone if we can just remove the stigma from being poor we can continue to allow vast swaths of people to live in poverty but we can celebrate it like Mm -hmm. yes queen we can exploit them for our indie films yeah and it's like no certain things should have a stigma around them because they're bad such as doing sex work Mm -hmm. which is horrible and depressing and like no type of work for a woman to do it's corrosive to the soul and being poor which sucks I mean, and is oppressive. Some, the reality and oppressing. is, some people have to do sex yeah. work. It's the oldest profession, it and I think exist. that we should, yeah, respect it enough to stigmatize it, to keep it transgressive and taboo, which is where it's like so, source of power and meaning kind of comes from archetypally. Anyway, you know, yeah. I don't want <laughs> to normalize sex work precisely because i like respect it enough (laughs) yeah i mean in certain like uh western european countries where sex work is more or less legal and they have i don't think medical protections i think there's lots of you know yeah yeah but like it because it's pretty mundane and depressing it's a bunch of eastern european women who are trafficked on over Mm -hmm. but who have good health care right like no, I mean, the majority of there's also the, all this conflation with sex trafficking and sex work. And it's like the reality is when you normalize sex work, you're also normalizing sex trafficking. Yeah. Because it gets very murky. Pedophilia <laughs> and all sorts of weird fucked up I mean, like externality. Prostitution is, I mean, in like Southeast Asia performed by slaves like. Yeah, you don't want any part of that. You like you nice middle class girl. You want to normalize you know? that. Yeah, you want and to normalize like, people living in such poverty that they. I saw like a crazy tweet that I regret like not bookmarking. Some woman was like, "Bella Thorne is 
waging an assault on a traditionally working class medium it's like what's so working class about fucking OnlyFans or like youtube or patreon i mean like it's funny like how the most online and most vocal sex workers are always going on about how it's empowering because they're business women but for business women they sure don't understand how fucking business works <laughs> under like in a capitalist like hyper capitalist brutally capitalist society and like i don't know i know people are gonna get mad and be like oh you hate women and you're a pick me or whatever but like the people who glamorize sex work are young middle-class women who don't understand the horrors of being actually sex trafficked and are too spoiled and lazy to get a real job very often Mm -hmm. i'm sorry there i said it like okay yeah i mean i'm sorry but like why would you want to do that kind of work it's not it's okay it's not corrosive for everyone. I think there are people who are suited to being prostitutes. Yeah. Like high-class escorts should be paid, you know. Yeah, but they're discreet. Nobody hears about them Exactly. Ever. They're not, like, waging... They're not pretending to be leftists, first yeah. of all. <laughs> they're actually smart and they're savvy. They're, like, yeah. sucking and fucking finance guys and, like, creating, like, a nest egg for themselves. Yeah, but there's this, you know, a friend of mine was telling me about, like, the kind of the the barred campus in Berlin and how, like, every girl he knows is, like, a sex worker then there and, like, supporting herself through sex work. And it's, like, okay, and they're all Americans. Like, mommy and daddy pay your rent and your tuition. Well, I think with those girls, it's not even, yeah, maybe they're perpetuating a kind of glamorization of it, but it's actually really sad because they're, like, 18. Yeah. They, like, think it's okay to show whole and then all those images will like haunt them i know know, like i mean so many people regret doing pornography that i feel like (laughs) yeah i mean if we're trying to raise the age of consent to fucking 25 if there's all these like mismanagements of power happening in people's personal lives then how is OnlyFans an ethical model at all for like preying on literal teenagers and like precarious labor forces yeah no i mean there's something yeah post-covid only fans like exploded exploded because all these people lost their jobs that's yeah. insane yeah it's not a good sign culturally or economically um and i think that there's this kind of you know a, a, a stray male friend of mine said this in conversation the other day that like um i think women kind of delusionally and self-flatteringly think that men's sexual arousal is a function of their own sexual power as loosely correlated to their physical attractiveness and but men will like literally get a boner from staring at landa lakes packaging it's not a referendum (laughs) on your beauty or sexual charisma you know what i mean and i think a lot of women find it empowering to be like objectified by men from a distance Mm -hmm. but to me real sex work is when you have to suck the dicks of a bunch of guys who you find physically and morally repugnant for money Mm. because you have no other choice i mean that's that's like a good working definition for sure yeah i think that's more much more useful than having an umbrella category for like girls selling feet pics yeah or doing like fin doming or even escorting yeah i mean how many people are actually even doing escorting now i mean i'm sure the industry is alive and well like kind well, of on a black market it's already a black market but is a kind of uh, yeah escorting you're like someone's paying you for your company to be their date basically yeah um 
and then often that becomes sex work and that's like more kind of up to the discretion of the the escort escorts have more kind of agency at least in like japanese korean like hostessing style models Mm -hmm. you know it's like about it's a part of their culture that goes back to like (laughs) ancient geishas probably it's like geishas were like escorts they were like trained in the art of like conversation and entertaining you and stuff yeah yeah kind of like podcasting (laughs) yeah they were like um experts at pouring tea just so Mm -hmm. like elegantly you paid them for like their charms yes yeah um and when i was hostessing in koreatown i like i did i didn't find it empowering per se but it felt like um labor that i was like compensated for um fairly you know yeah like i was like wow i was like wow this is great i make way more money doing this than waitressing yeah and it's i kind of have agency about how i do it and it's like worth it to just like get drunk and do karaoke yeah because i'm good at doing (laughs) because i'm good at partying and being like fun Good at Korean businessmen are good at sex and public speaking. Korean businessmen are good at like making money, but not that good at partying. Yeah, so you have to teach them how to party. Exactly, you like team up and they pay (laughs) you to like (laughs) sing Wonderwall and do shots, and then yeah, (laughs) they don't want to have sex with you. That's the whole point. Like they don't want to. They're not paying for a prostitute. They like are paying for. They're paying for um, contemporary American geisha. Yeah. It's also like a weird parasocial kind of thing. Exactly. I can't stress how much of this is like parasocial. I think this is like a a weird kind of like people scrambling to encounter like intimacy and humanity and validation and Mm -hmm. flattery. Like my friend also made this point that he was like, you know, this is extremely obvious, but nobody ever makes it. Like women strongly desire to be viewed as hot. Yeah. And being a sex work worker is being a sex worker in bold quotes, not right. an actual prostitute or anything, or even a stripper is appealing because if you can do it, if you can pull it off and make money, it's kind of irrefutable third party proof of the fact that you're hot. Mm, yeah, that was his point, which is like a point that I've always kind of secretly thought about. But again, I can't. I feel now very like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no i feel very anxious saying these kind of things because people interpret them the wrong way and i don't mean them in some like nasty or competitive way i mean them coming from a universal understanding of how women like female psychology yeah. works like i'm a woman you're a woman we know how we think i want to be hot yeah of course. of course every woman wants to be hot and like um it, it feels unavoidable and unflattering but i think actually this is one of those things that it's good to destigmatize and to dispel the shame around because i think it'll help the kind of communal discourse advance Mm -hmm. but a lot of this when i'm being like bratty and saying oh these women are spoiled and lazy they they are on some level and i get it i intimately understand like i'm a podcaster right i'm not trying to work at a bank or like we're literally spoiled and lazy (laughs) i'm not trying to go into stem yeah like right we're not you're not like (laughs) pull up by your bootstrapping yeah we're basically sex workers minus the sex and the work (laughs) That's literally what we do. Yeah. Well, the only thing I hate more than sex is work. Yeah. (laughs) We're like geisha girls. We entertain, parasocially entertain people for money. And like, thank you. Thank you for the tips. (laughs) 
but I think a lot of this is like a product of atomization and loneliness well, too. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Like every woman actually at the end of the day deserves friendship simulator. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I have to preface this. Every heterosexual woman Here we go. Yeah. Uh, deserves to be loved by a man who makes her feel kind of like safe. <laughs> no, and every beautiful. Woman, every woman. Every woman. <laughs> Unless you're a lesbian, then you deserve to be loved by another woman, whatever. Whatever your People deserve thing is. love and dignity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, <laughs> there's such a short supply of that. I mean, it's like depressing to witness. Yeah, I know. It's really sad. I'm really curious also what the the male client base of OnlyFans is, like what that looks like, who subscribes. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, there's lots of gay guys, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing use... nobody talks about because sex work is so built in to yeah, I don't gay see... social structures. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't see a lot of gay guys mad at Bella Thorne. Gay guys are mad at Bella Thorne? I don't see a lot of like, I and mean, when I, oh. a lot of OnlyFans content creators are probably gay guys yeah and they're um conspicuously kind of absent from the the bella thorne hysteria yeah i mean i know more gay guys with sugar daddies than i know girls with sugar daddies yeah like that's well, just like a thing in the gay community wanting to be hot isn't stigmatized no it's kind of really i mean they're like fitness cult mm-hmm. they're like plastic surgery cult respect yeah <laughs> I was talking to like a gay guy the other day who had like really big pouty lips and he was complaining about how he wanted to get lip injections. And I was like, are you crazy? Like you don't need lip injections. And it's like, Mm -hmm. so like, it's so insane because this is like off topic, but I've been noticing that the people who get lip injections have big lips already. Yeah. Like it's not even people like bringing, like bumping themselves up to whatever. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like people making themselves look like a, grotesque like angelina jolie prolapsed baboon anus right i don't know it's weird man i guess yeah it's interesting yeah it's usually people whose like lips are already a really nice feature of theirs yeah no it's so weird and i i follow all these like russian beauty instagrams and it's like russian girls with like those slavic like guba shlop like putin fish lips like getting even bigger lips like why would you do that like there's other countless other parts of your body that you should choose to focus on right i don't know um i'm just gonna let the toilet flush as asmr (laughs) um sorry i was just looking at on twitter at that image of adele with bantu knots oh yeah or she looks like Rachel Dole as well. I feel so bad for Adele because she was just trying to show her body progress I and know. like she thought that got that into this whole cultural appropriation bro- scandal. Rasta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she looks psycho. Yeah, like seriously nuts. Um, okay, what are we talking about? Uber looting. Um, we can talk about the looting in defense of looting. Oh yeah, that was an NPR article. Well, it's a, an interview with a, a woman who wrote a book called "On Defense of Looting." Yeah, I feel like NPR wasn't defending looting. Yeah, they were say. interviewing, they were pandering to their kind of this broad who wrote a book. It's like one of these verso style academic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called "In Defense <laughs> of Looting." Um, <laughs> and it, she it was like the sub it was like uh had a notorious clip in it that was like vastly shared 
about how she talks about how defending small businesses is a Republican myth that has trickled down into the left. Yeah. It's another classic kind of academic. It's a lot like only, it's like OnlyFans girls chiming in on sex work. It's like yeah. academic, white academics chiming in on um, looting and rioting as yeah. political praxis. <laughs> yeah. When they're not affected by it or have any real skin in the game they're kind of talking in this these very loose abstracts yeah they see it something. from a you distance can defend anything from a distance if you don't have first-hand experience yeah. if you're not like a somalian or Ethiopian ethiopian guy who's like a uh, discount clothing store was burned to the ground <laughs> by white guys yeah. <laughs> calling you the n-word you saw that iced tea um tweet yeah what did he say oh he yeah now they're saying there's a race war in portland where there's 20 black people <laughs> i mean he's right like i was thinking like you know i was reading up on these sports riots mm. where like we that we were going to talk about I and mean, we can there's really nothing to say sports strikes sports strikes yeah and i was thinking like well <laughs> the nba riots. Riots. Yeah. <laughs> um but like you know they were supposed to go on this industry-wide sports strike because the milwaukee bucks refused to play one of their playoff games yeah. and it had a trickle down effect into it was like the WNBA moment, and NHL. yeah and it's like first of all nobody cares about the wnba they can cease to exist tomorrow and they don't have to go on strike <laughs> um but like <laughs> no the wnba is striking yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was like LeBron and Kawhi and all like the top players in the league. And then they like allegedly had like a private meeting with Obama. It was exciting. And he told them to play. It's like the, su- know, it's like, it feels annoying. like spotlight, but with black guys, like they have to make that movie. <laughs> but um, unfortunately Chadwick Boseman is dead. RIP. Cause he would have been a great, really sad actor up in there. Um, but this is like precipitated by the shooting of Jacob Blake or whatever. And I was like, well, what are they striking for? It's like, what they want more social justice programming in the advertisements and they want uh their stadiums to be used as voting centers i mean well it's so misguided i mean these guys are really earnest i think i don't think it's i think they don't want to play in the bubble yeah i think no one really likes the nba bubble i think like like the covid dome yeah yeah like the games aren't as fun to watch in a kind of empty stadium with like holographic people like yeah. in shallow bleachers like it's yeah. not and i don't think they like the stakes probably don't feel as high for them especially if they're not like already winning yeah you know if you're not like if you're gonna lose the playoffs anyway then i could see why you wouldn't want to play in the bubble anymore you just want to go home you yeah yeah not to like, <laughs> but I think it's powerful for as like a strike for players to show like solidarity with one another because it like yeah and and like with black people in general and like I exactly. think I think like and it's potential you know there's never going to be a general strike in America no and we don't like, have any unions but. <laughs> Yeah, or any solidarity, to or see any workers, of pluralism, yeah. anything. It is inspiring to see like workers really have leverage, like NBA players, and yeah, to be they, like, oh, we're you know, all but, workers could have leverage 
if they had solidarity with one another. Yeah, if they can lead by you example, you have nothing to lose by your shame. Yeah. <laughs> but your job, but these guys won't ever lose their jobs because they're like exactly. millionaires. Yeah, but it's like you know, okay, like. But if all workers everywhere stood in solidarity with one another, then things could really start to change. Like yeah. even the NBA players can't even do it because fucking scab Obama told them yeah, to go yeah. back to fucking work. He was like, "Get that money, black man." And like, Woo. Um, but like, I okay, like LeBron James. It seems like a totally well-meaning and earnest and well-intentioned individual. Mm. I think like he has no like weird cynical or careerist motives. And he's a guy who's given a lot of money away and this sort of thing. But, you know, they're they're striking for what, like a media approved academic narrative. That's not the whole story, you know. It's like also I there's this like one of the most persistent American myths, too, is that rich whites are aligned with uh, poor whites and rich blacks are aligned with poor blacks be- because they have some tribal affinity that transcends their class interests. And this is like not fully true at all. It's like, first of all, these categories are way too big and bloated to support this thesis. Mm-hmm. Like what does black and white mean in America? Like taking the, the kind of white example, a New York Jew has nothing in common with like a New England wasp or like a kind of Midwestern wow. rural person just because they have white skin. In fact, their interests are often right. totally in conflict. Right. And like, you know, I said this before and I'm sorry to get autistic I, and I'll say it again though. <laughs> it's like, okay, as the elite overproduction choo-choo train chugs along seeking out new inroads for its status games and elimination competitions, there will become there will be a reckoning between African American descendants of slaves and newly arrived African immigrants because their interests are orthogonal to one another. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, you know, right. It it's a really f- kind of difficult thing. We live in a very multicultural. Well, even the way society. people use African American and black interchangeably. Yeah. Um, that's true that's a good point just reveals like a misunderstood like african-american does just mean black to people i don't even think they think about what those words paired together mean yeah yeah and there's a lot of like elite african people who are kind of aligning themselves with poor black people who they don't really care about at the end of the day for like there's a lot of elites doing white and black doing shit for clout. Like who's profiting off of BLM at the moment? I mean, it's not poor no black idea. people. It's a multiracial, multi-ethnic coalition of elites who depend on the ongoing rage and pain of poor black people for their momentum. So they can write a book called in defense of looting. Yeah. Yeah. It's people like Vicky, Vicky Osterweil. It's just so Vicky Osterweil and her book. <laughs> It's so annoying because it's like the position that it just kind of stokes kind of conservative ire, you know, to be like, look at what NPR is promoting this like insane book that's pro violence and crime. It's like, they're just like taking the bait and her whole argument is like based on this kind of conservative, yeah, right. Republican myth, straw man. So totally like talking about a reality that doesn't really exist yeah um and so then they're just like spinning their wheels and that's like the looting discourse when really there's no need to defend looting because it's just a symptom of something that's happening in a really broken like profoundly broken system it's there's no need to either condemn nor defend it it's just like you have to examine why it's happening yeah and understand why i mean i think it's it is like more condemn condemnable than defensible in practice because like 
we saw what it's yielded, which is the destruction of small, often minority-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Vicky makes the point in her book that in the L.A. riots, um, there was like a Asian immigrant or something who owned a store in which like a 15-year-old black girl was killed Mm -hmm. or something. But it's, yeah, it's like cherry-picking these, you know... Mm-hmm. what argument is Vicky really making you know yeah <laughs> like how does that it's just it's it's very incoherent yeah but it's it is it is cherry picking and narrative building which is what I object to right like and also you know it's it's people like Vicky Osterweil it's the ad wizards behind that uber billboard that says if you tolerate racism mm-hmm. delete your uber it's all these designers on on instagram like i noticed i'm sure you've noticed like Mm. once infographic the infographics and my sister who works in like the creative tech industry was like oh yeah these are just people padding their cvs and resumes and making creative decks for professional Mm -hmm. consideration using kind of this language of anti-racism because it's hip right now yeah they can be like look at this pdf i made educating people about why they have to post online or they're racist yeah check out my instagram carousel while why silence is violent you know it's like (laughs) that kind of thing and it's it's monstrous like and their idea like again their interests are totally counterpoised to the the interests of those people that they claim to want to help their idea of lifting those people out of poverty and oppression is teaching a select few of the brightest ones to code that's really what it is and it's like also like thirdly this really preposterous idea that that um society can be filtered into racist and anti-racist elements Mm -hmm. like another liberal myth to to justify status sorting like even more preposterous is the idea that you can have like an online heuristic to determine who's racist and not like that tweet that was floating around where that uh, student was denouncing the professor for not having a black enough syllabus like this kind of shit like calling people racist today is like what calling people communist was during the mccarthy era it's like yeah I know. I, that's all it is racist or like predators or like look at what happened to alex morris yeah which like they admitted right that it was basically a scheme they to were exposed by him yeah yeah they were completely like revealed to be like fucking total political obviously young democrat society snakes yeah who were trying to a, like a young democrat I don't know. It's a person I don't want to fucking meet. I'd rather be a sex worker than a young Democrat. (laughs) God. And I actually understand, like, the uh, with regard to the sports strike, I understand, kind of appreciate the argument that we should make it easier for black people to vote. Of course. For sure. But I think especially it's important to vote for, like, local officials and to vote in local elections. Um, But the choice between, like, Trump and Biden, I mean this preposterous of course a biden has been hands down worse for black people than trump and trump has not been good for black people right like kamala harris like together they are like a walking advertisement for the carceral state are you kidding here's um i i got the sample of in defense of looting on ibooks it was 16.99 and i was damn you've paid 16 dollars twice i didn't i didn't i just got the sample okay so i only got the first like 20 or so pages (laughs) but that's i've seen enough um (laughs) she makes this bizarre kind of very academia argument about how um I'll read it. Homo sapiens are quite unlucky evolutionarily. 
In almost all mammals, pregnancy and birth are safe and simple processes. Gestating mothers basically never die in childbirth. Indeed, if there are insufficient resources or the gestator is unable to care for a baby at that moment for some reason, the fetus can be easily aborted. But in humans, birth is a violent and dangerous, life-threatening to both gestator and fetus. With that understanding in mind, we can begin to analyze riots as births. <laughs> what? As a mode of struggle, riots are marked by many characteristics traditionally defined as feminine, not driven by rational augment- argumentation or proper political dialogue. They are instead driven by desire, affect, rage, and pain. They are disordered, emotional, and chaotic. Importantly, too, riots struggle within the sphere of social reproduction. Looting makes day-to-day life easier by changing the price of goods to zero, relieves pressure by spreading wealth within the community, and reinforces bonds of solidarity. Blah, 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 blah. It literally doesn't do any of those things. It gets people like immediate uh, supplies and gratification, but there's no redistribution of wealth. What? No. Like, it's insane. This person has no idea, like yeah i've never experienced a riot i know i know but that's what happens it's like these people like speak without any experience and when it actually comes to their neighborhood they freak out and call the cops does she even have a selfie with a burning (laughs) track i don't fucking think so um but i mean it's like crazy like i i don't understand i don't i can't for the life of me like wrap my head around uh how any of the stuff like happening in portland or kenosha is good for anybody it's not Right. I think if anything, like my feeling about it is that it's at this point, like nobody wants to put an end to it because it would be electorally unwise. Right. right? And I think or even acknowledge that, you know, police incite riots to justify brutality. Yeah. I think everybody incites riots. I mean, I think like, you know, the Antifa Mm -hmm. needs to provoke violent encounters with kind of like as somebody else put it down scale or down market like poor whites um so that they can legitimize these kind of academic narratives that are then um kind of uh, promoted in media these fictions that we live in a uniquely unprecedentedly unrepentantly racist society which we don't we don't mm. um i think that there's racism in our society i think there's even you can argue structural racism of course but to say that this society is built uniquely and solely on racism is just so insulting to everybody involved well, there's undeniably structural racism yeah. the problem is that um oftentimes people take issue with like the individual as a racist yeah and, but I think, like, it, you know, if you want when to really lift, having more anti-racist isn't going to fix a racist structure. No, it's not. Having more social justice programming and advertising is not going to help anything. You have to lift people in mass out of poverty to mitigate these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, as Tracy put it well the other day, BLM sure seems to be a lot of white people clashing with other white people in the streets. I mean, it certainly like, looks that way. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I I hate to beat a dead horse, but the DSA and the Antifa types are foot soldiers of the DNC. Period. And I think the DNC, like the Democrats, bet on the wrong horse because I think they thought that um, uh, encouraging, promoting these riots and protests would lead Trump to lose. That would lead him to do something foolhardy or premature mm-hmm. and make him look like an ass. Mm-hmm. I think this is all like on both sides, like an electoral gambit. That's like what it feels like. And, uh, you know, it's totally conceivable that whoever comes to power, Biden or, or Trump, will put this action or these actions down immediately once they come to power. Right. 
like nobody wants to do anything stupid Kamala. right now. Yeah, Kamala. She's gonna be out there with like a fucking police hose <laughs> hosing down people. Um But like yeah, I mean, like I was telling you earlier, like I went down this like autistic wormhole about this Kyle Rittenhouse kid mm-hmm. who shot three people, killed two of them in Kenosha and like, you know, he like is the perfect victim for the right and the perfect villain for the left it's all narrative building Mm, like you know and originally because i'm so brainwashed too i assumed that he had shot like i told you black people but he shot three white guys and now he's being billed as a white supremacist and like what he did by the way is totally morally uh, reprehensible right Right. and unjustifiable he's 17 his mind is not developed well enough to make decisions yeah that's just (laughs) that's science and like you know you have the right being like framing him as like a marvel style vigilante martyr like a white black panther you know r.i.p chadwick boseman who was out there like just minding his own business (laughs) no that's what they they want to see him as he's like minding his business cleaning up the streets and they'll eagerly dwell on the fact that not um one but all three of the guys that he blasted were convicted felons like one of them was a pedophile the other one was a wife beater the the last one was a a burglar allegedly though he certainly has a misdemeanor well he couldn't have known yeah of course i'm like how did well he knew that in advance he clocked these guys and he was like oh yeah those guys are felons i'm gonna take them out i'm gonna uphold the law why did he have a gun well yeah and his mother also drove him to this protest with his gun with a gun come on you're like what but also that said what are the odds that you blast three random dudes on the street and they're all convicted felons that they all have rap sheets only in America, like straight up. And like, well, why? Because who, who's attracted to these protests and riots, antisocial people who want to see cities and buildings burn the Joker. Yeah. It really (laughs) No, it's funny. Cause when you remember you were like a bunch of Joker on Joker. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they should let Joe Carr out of prison. COVID-19 we're yeah. like cuckoo 19 well it's funny because the real epidemic is mental illness it is folks. yeah and it's um, joker on joker crime <laughs> yeah. um yeah and it's like but anyway but both sides the right and the left they make valid points i know people are like annie you're a contrarian you're ac- you're echoing right wing talking points it's like yeah because the right wing makes valid points a lot and so does the left by the way but they marshal these points to suit their gross opportunistic mm-hmm. narratives both sides it's true I don't fuck with narrative building. It's all disgusting. I don't want to be like a fly caught in the sandpaper of ideology. Uh, And I mean, I had this really bad feeling when like the Karen phenomenon started, when people started um, circulating like videos of injustices and microaggressions. Was it like white women led injustice? Well, it was like, I was like this, at this point we'd all been like observing quarantine. And I was like, Wow, so no one's left their homes. <laughs> yeah. And now, like, these videos are just being presented as, like, what's happening outside in reality. Yeah. And it can be completely manipulated and curated and, like, self-selected yeah. even to affirm people's own worldviews. It's, like, accelerated hypernormalization, really. It's, like, everything's just becoming more and more myopic and more distorted and more, like, easily manipulated, If especially if people or literally can't leave their homes yeah and we're all susceptible so and we just are watching videos of horrible violence on our phones all day 
yeah that that are cherry picked and like targeted to appeal to it's whatever like they beam me some shit about Azari's killing Armenians horrible, but it yeah. might as well be any you know yeah they beam you like some Belarusian girls getting like police hosed or like beaten <laughs> with sticks like it's like totally that and like I don't know you know it goes without saying that both left and right are horribly myopic and blinkered the the thing the only thing to keep in mind is that the left-wing narrative is the hegemonic mainstream one now to the point where they won't even report on the backgrounds of these two men that he killed except for in glowing generalities that they were like heroes in the community etc um which I, i don't think that your past criminal history of course should no one should be a measure down arbit- in the street yeah, by a teen yeah. or a cop or no one should be randomly dying outside at the hands of <laughs> vigilantes or otherwise. Groups, yeah. But you know, these people are coming together in this horrible situation. And I saw like this tweet, I'll wrap up my autistic mm-hmm. tirade, but I saw um, a tweet from an elected Congresswoman, Ayanna Presley. She said that she calls Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist direct domestic terrorist who drove across straight lines. And I was like, you know, like let this sink in. This is an elected Congresswoman stoking an unproven yet unfalsifiable racial narrative to divide poor people along identitarian lines. This is why I'm deeply suspicious of AOC and the squad and their antics and acolytes Mm -hmm. because they are deeply immoral, irresponsible people. Yeah. Like they're right. Anna. I'm sorry. I'm right. It's not. Unfortunately you'll be vindicated. I will. That's the, like this That's is what sucks. this is disgusting you know you can't even like you know they don't our leadership democratic leader, leadership does not want to create a melting pot they want to create some weird like balkanized patchwork racial map where people clash it's like a real non-linear race, yeah race war ongoing That's what race charles war. manson wanted did he that was his yeah he wanted, <laughs> he wanted ongoing race war, race war. Yeah, that was part of helter skelter have you seen this doc is it worth watching uh, there's no. a new doc right i haven't maybe we should watch it yeah we could watch the, That'd be fun. the charlie manson doc i'm if so sick of talking about politics. yeah i mean it's just so redundant yeah and exhausting it's all sex workers and race war <laughs> <laughs> we should what assign all that. the antifa boys a sex worker only fans girlfriend that'll like jordan peterson style solve the problem to immediately keep them home and also- <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, right i saw lots of people posting pics of um what's his name kyle rittenhouse, rittenhouse. kyle brown <laughs> no he took um, his kettleball and smashed it a into kind a of a, i've face. seen like this picture of him with like other kind of t- white teen shooters mm-hmm. also pushing this like um incel narrative because kyle happens to be pear shaped <laughs> yeah and like five foot three or whatever <laughs> Um, which is, yeah, almost like phrenology for, (laughs) (laughs) for Twitter. Oh yeah. I, there, yeah. People are like trying to compare him to like Dylan Roof who went into a black church and shot down parishioners. Right. I guess. Oh, right. Cause he brought a gun to BLM protests. It's which like there's open arson and warfare going on in the street like 
it's understandable why it's you know stupid but understandable why somebody would want to bring a gun to protests like that like when you're especially if they're antisocial yeah a young like, adventure seeker hormonal. yeah yeah like horny confused hor- young dumb full of cum whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway um we've done like an hour 25 oh yeah that's not bad we can yeah, we can uh uh, anyway, um, if you want to read the 20 pages of In Defense of Looting, it's free on, <laughs> on iBooks. Um, that's all I can really speak to, but it really was pretty incoherent and annoying. I might read it as just Absolutely. for fun because it sounds like if you read it kind of ironically as a work of performance <laughs> or it holds up like the whole like uh, looting comes from the Hindu word loot and I mean, it's I feminine s- and <laughs> archaic feminine imagery. Because it's chaotic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, God, God, you could make like a gendered fucking, you could write a gender theory paper about literally anything. Yeah. God, that would be fun to try. Just like a fake. Maybe I'll like go to college again. My worst nightmare. I was watching that movie Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves, the Eli Roth movie where the two hot girls like knock on his door and terrorize him. Whoa, I haven't seen that. You should watch it. But there's definitely a case to be made that's like, in this film, Eli Roth is grappling with um, chaotic feminine sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Gen X disappointment. Is this new? It's movie. from like 2015. It was like not a very popular, well-made film. Is Eli Roth any good? Um, I like Hostel. I like Hostel and Ho- I don't know if he did Hostel too, actually, but um, Bijou Phillips is in that one. And Cabin Fever is good. He's like fine. He's um, he's not pretentious. That's cool. And he's, um, you know, kind of, he's into gore. Yeah. So That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We'll see you in hell. See you in hell. See you in Cape Cod, motherfucker. (laughs)